And it's 5.15 precisely. Time for Gene Shepard here on Mass Backwards. Um, frankly, I haven't heard this show. I have no idea what it's about. It has an interesting title, Lost High School Ring. It was originally broadcast on March the 4th of 1966. And if we don't start it very soon, we will never get out of here on time. Not that that would be a bad thing. <laughs> uh, yes, okay, uh, with most of the opening missing, so uh, that saves us about a minute. Here's Gene Shepard, WBAI, New York. And now part of our vast public service programming here on this forward-looking, honest, reliable server industrious family station, reverent, brave, and clean, of course, all the way down the line. Uh, we also have a very shiny windshield here, uh, as popular as indeed, and that uh, we keep the ashes off the floor, and there's no butts on the back seat. Uh, as part of our vast public service programming, we bring you a show dedicated entirely and directed to a minority group rarely heard from, the wet blankets, the sore heads, and... <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> I tell you, it takes one to know one, friends. That's right. <laughs> yeah, some people are just born rotten. That's right. Others work at it. Some just fake it all their lives and are basically nice inside. <laughs> right, gang? Wrestling. Rudy tuned. Well, sometimes you feel like you've been hit with a wet sock. Anybody out there got any castoria? Uh, we got a couple of engineers here who kind of castoria. Wow. Holy smokes, the telephone rang as Mrs. F.A. Farnham in Fort Worth, Texas was vacuuming the cage of Joey Boy, her 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 canary. She wheeled to pick up the phone. It was ringing behind her. She just wheeled to pick up the phone and woof, up the vacuum cleaner nozzle went Joey Boy. Oh, well, well, Mrs. Farnham jerked the bag open, grabbed out her canary, and shook off a little dust. Joey Boy was still unrecognizable. She immediately stuck him under the faucet. Then, to be sure that the Joey didn't catch cold, she put him under the hair dryer. Uh, he hasn't been singing since then, Mrs. Farnham said. But uh, he's at least eating well. Ah! The only thing that occurred to me is that poor little old Joe. I refuse to call him Joey, Mrs. Farnham. Poor little Joe, 20 minutes after this fantastic fiasco, sitting there hanging out to his little perch, his little beak half open, his little eyes staring out into the darkness, trying to figure out what the hell happened. He looks over grimly at his cuddle bone. He looks 
he looks dully over at his little plastic cup of water. He's just gone through the faucet. <laughs> and then the next thing that occurred to me, how like real life Joey's experience was. How like it all is, Joey, you've joined the club. Right through the cleaners you went. After 40 minutes in the dust bag. Hold that now. Let me tell you, the birds are beginning to thrun their weight around. They are not fooling around. Members of the Wiesbaden and Mainz Pigeon Breeders Club in Germany released 4,700 birds last Saturday in a demonstration of the homing pigeon's homing ability. 4,700 of them took off in one gigantic flight. Only 50 pigeons returned. They split. Means 4,650 pigeons just flew in the coop. There are members are buried sick, a spokesman in Germany said. We don't have no idea what could have happened to 4,650 pigeons. They just haven't come home. Yes, and how many of us? As we swirl through this veil of tears, would like to do just what them little pigeons did. Yes, fly the coop while they're demonstrating your homing abilities. Off you go. But no one ever bothered to ask a pigeon where his real or his spiritual home is. Is it? Yes. Who knows? <laughs> Fourteen high school boys played basketball for 24 hours. Straight, solid, 24 hours without a moment's rest, without a moment's sleep, and then claimed the marathon basketball playing record, only to learn that the already established record was 25 hours. Somebody made a mistake! real life. I'll like it all. And so we salute the Wellsville, New York, I don't know, they're not a basketball team. Anybody that plays 24 hours and is trying for the record ain't a basketball team. You're there with the birds, little Joey, all the rest of us kids. It's a good lesson. You carry that through life. You're always going to be one hour short or maybe one hour too long. It's all timing, friend. Yes, real life. It's like this. Oh, yes, this is... You talk about... Oh, you know, I know that just... Have you ever had something happen totally unexpectedly, like Joey going up the vacuum cleaner flu? <laughs> Imagine that lady. <laughs> Well, I, I've known a couple of brief instances in my life where that unbelievable sinking sensation you can <laughs> It's like the time, you know. How many, how many of you, how many of you ever had a high school graduation senior ring? 
Well, you know what a big deal that is. I mean, you know, from the time you're a freshman, and that's a four-long-year haul, boy, and from the time you're a freshman, you see these big guys walking around with the big ring, you know, that big black ring with the gold and with the numbers all over it and the seals and the scrolls and the candles burning and the, the lamp of learning. What a ridiculous thing. I think of my high school with a gold lamp of learning going. And, you know, you see these guys and every, every day in the, every day in the study hall, I'd see seniors sitting around, you know, they're twirling their ring. And up to that point, the biggest, the greatest ring I ever had was the, what well, was there? Actually, it was the Lucky Horseshoe Nail ring that I got. From the Tomics people. Ralston, it was a lucky horseshoe ring. You know, once in a while, don't don't laugh, I'll tell you. Once in a while, I wish I had that lucky horseshoe ring because they claim they work, you know, friends. They're made out of, you know, the nail that they use to put the, the shoes on horses. They don't get those shoes at Tom McCann's, you know. And uh, they don't lace on. They nail them on. And when I was a kid, I first learned out that they nailed shoes on the horses. I almost I almost passed out, you know. They nail them on. <laughs> You know, of course, you know, for years I had an idea that the horses, no wonder horses run fast, their feet hurt. And and, uh, and and I remember Tommy, oh, you know how I found it? Nobody ever talked about putting shoes on horses on the south side of Chicago. You know, a horse, a horse was a thing that went up and down on the merry-go-round, you know. Uh, once in a while you'd see a horse in a, in a Buck Jones movie or a or Gene Autry movie, but a real horse, you know, walking around a horse you can smell, you know. It's just, you know how horses smell. You know how horses smell? Well... A lot of people think they smell good. Well, you know. Listen, I know a lady who's got one of the gamiest dachshunds in Western civilization. She thinks he smells good, too. So it's very high. Oh, you get used to all kinds of things. And I, and as a kid, you know, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm sitting out there every morning <laughs> listening to the Ralston Tomics straight shooters. And uh, every morning they would come, oh, it's Ralston time and ta-ta, I will award the brass fig leggie with bronze oak leaf palm if any of you can give me the lyrics to that unbelievably fantastic, truly American song. Oh, it's Ralston time in Texas. I know the words. Do you? Jimmy, change the ta da cha da. I'm giving you a little clue, you see, so you know. Rasta da da cha da cha. The old Wrangler da da cha da. Tomics da 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 cha. And Tony cha da da. I can't imagine Tony sitting down to a. Tony was a horse, you know, sitting down to a breakfast of Ralston in his stall there with a little sugar and cream on it, a little fruit. And uh, I'm a kid. Every morning I'm hearing this thing come out. So it's great, you know. And, uh, and uh, one day, of course, they're always giving prizes, as you all know, radio shows, TV shows, everything. They're always giving prizes, all kinds of prizes. There was a there was a Tom X Lucky uh, compass, you know, the little compass there in the back. It comes, it's Ralston colored, and you take it out, you tell what direction it is. Then there was a Tom X Lucky, uh, what the heck was that thing? Oh, it was a Tom X Lucky uh, cartridge charm, you know, a, a charm of a <laughs> cartridge. That one over good too, and and then one day on came the old Wrangler. Say here, hey, I'm Wow, hey, bye, George, fellas and gals. <laughs> old Tom, you know, all of us down here at the TM Bar Ranch. <laughs> he was uh, very early. Uh, he was well, yeah, he was like the very watery, juicy person. And uh, he says, uh, "Kids, all you roast need is out there." <laughs> All you Tomics fans, all you Jimmy and Jane fans, 
we got a real surprise for you now. Now, I suppose all you kids been wondering why Tom X is so lucky. How come he always escapes them, them confounded rustlers and all them bad guys? Keep after him. How come? Have you ever wondered why, how Jimmy and Jane always seem to get out of them tough scrapes they're in? Well, it's because Jimmy and Jane and Tom wear a lucky Indian horseshoe lucky ring. Horseshoe ring. And it comes right out of the same nails that they put the shoes on Tony. Yes, sirree, they make those rings out of the same nails that old Tony wears as he gallops over the range. And so, kids, if you sit down and, and write your name and address on a box top cover, Ralston, send it off to Tomics, you'll get yourself a Tomics TM bar. <laughs> Lucky horseshoe ring. And it'll fit any size finger, kids. And when you hear the sound of Tony going, and when you hear Tomics go, let's go, Tony! You'll be ready to ride along with him, and you'll be lucky. Well, I was an exceedingly unlucky kid. And I'm sitting out there, and holy smokes, I had never heard of anybody putting shoes on anything with nails. And for about a month or so, every morning when I'm listening to, to Tony run, you know, you hear Tony... I tell him his feet are hurting... He's running around with nails sticking in his toes. Oh, gee, was wow. You know, very impressionable. And, and, and for, for days after that, at, at long distance, I would see a horse go by. You know, an, an old peddler would have a horse. And I'd look at him. I wonder if he's got, I wonder if he's got pins in his toes there. And he's got nails holding his shoes on the horse walking. I see, he can't. He's, look at, he's not, his, his feet aren't hurting. He's walking along there. And so I sent off finally for my lucky horseshoe ring. And it arrived. And I put my lucky horseshoe ring on. You know, and it was you could bend it, see, and you could make it fit any finger. And it's a real, it was a real nail. A real nail. And it had a TM bar on the top. It says TM. It had the brand. Tom's brand says this brand you can use it to, to put your special seal on the letters you send off. It says TM right there. And I put this thing around my finger. Wow. So I, you know, what a great moment. I bent it around and put it on. I got it at 3 in the afternoon. I'm a kid, you know. The mail comes in and I put this thing in. Fantastic. I'm running around. I can shine it. I said, look at this, Ma. And I go out in the backyard and I, I'm, I walk right out the backyard, see. And I'm there about eight and a half seconds. And all of a sudden, Grover Dill sees me from the next yard. He said, what do you got? I said, bang! I got smacked in the eye. He knocked me down, took my TM bar horseshoe ring. And then I knew, I realized, of course, that luck is in the eye of the beholder. I get up. Grover Dill runs out in the street and gets run over by a Mack truck. Uh, speaking of a disaster, this is WOR AM and FM New York. WBAI New York FM only. Gene Shepard from March 4th, 1966 continues. Oh, I suppose we might as well go a little commercial for the 23rd floor. Hit it there. <laughs> Hi, victims. How are you? There's only one champagne. Hey, when you look at a rabbit trap, do you identify with the rabbit or the trap? Distinctive. Just a question. Miller High. Philosophical. Not a chap to chat, a chap to chat, a chap to chat. 
There, we have Rover 2000, the magnificent English car, friends. Yes, sorry, if you're beginning to get that itch, springtime's coming on. You want to get rid of the old crummy, rotten heap you've been driving since 1926, and you've been putting it off year after year. This is the car that you can drive to the year 2006. Magnificent machine. Moves like a shadow, like a ghost over the horizon. There you are in your Rover mobile with Robin beside you. Oh, excuse me, that's another show. That's uh, the Rover 2000, the great English machine that's made to do it. That's right. And no kidding around. This is not Toysville. And if you would like to see this magnificent car in all of its beautiful four-color glory, send your name and address to us. For, uh, uh, um, excuse me. Uh, Rover. R-O-V-E-R-R-R-R. There's three R's. Rover. 2000. In care of W-O-R-A-M and F-M. New York. My name? It's exciting to be in the big time. Matter. Matter. Oh, boy. Let's just say I'm a highly paid executive of the Ludens Company. I must report to you that our campaign to discourage people from chewing Ludens cough drops is a partial failure. We have tried every way we know to get you chewers to dissolve Ludens cough drops slowly so the medication can trickle down slowly to give you temporary relief from coughs due to colds and minor sore throat. What can we do to make you understand? Should we engineer Luden's cough drops so that they make embarrassing sounds when you chew one like this? Should we publish the names of known chewers? Those of you out there who chew Luden's cough drops, please write us your suggestions. Address your letter to me, Mr. X. The Luden's Never Chew Society, Luden's, Reading, Pennsylvania. Mm. Yeah. Ah. Gee, what a cough drop. A cough drop that talks back. All right. I'm forever blowing bubbles. Well, you see, I had this ring. Now, the rings are very important in people's lives. Oh, yes, the ring is highly symbolic. They have found rings as far back as... Oh, it's far back as recorded, unrecorded prehistory goes. They've dug rings up out of tombs of pharaohs. They've dug rings up out of cavemen's hovels. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, that's a whole big thing, you know, the ring business. And there I am with my lucky TM bar horseshoe ring. I'll tell you this about those lucky horseshoe rings. A guy called in here a minute ago, and he says he had one of them, too. I'm not inventing it, you know. He had one of them, too, and he says they, they, they were unbelievable for tearing your clothes up. He says his clothes were just from his T.M. Bar horseshoe lucky ring. 
And, and it was, you know, it, was, it fit any finger. Gargantua, it fit anybody's finger. Gigantic fingers. What's well, a nail? You know, that nail. And, I, and the first thing that got me was when I got that nail. And it was, a, it was a nail. It didn't come as a ring. See, it was a nail. And you bet it. They had a little instruction that says, bend this with pliers. Will fit any finger. Well, of course, it was another one of those. You know, I've been taken again. I had to eat my way through a big family-sized box of Ralston to get that crummy nail. And, uh, oh, boy, I'll tell you, have you ever had jewelry that turns your fingers green? Listen, you know that my finger is permanently a light blue-orange for years, ever since I had this ring. And and it went around the finger, see, and for, for years that was the only ring I ever had. And then somewhere along, you know, it disappeared. And now I'm a freshman in high school. You got the picture? I can't see. And I arrive out of, the minute you make the transition from grade school to high school, you're in another world. This is the big world. Big, big kids are walking around. I mean, really big kids. Big letters, you know. They're six feet nine. Some other guys weigh 248 pounds. Hello, test. Wait. Hello, 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 hello. That's it. Some of the guys, you know, you know, you know the high school. And boy, the girls you see when you go to high school. They are not like Esther Jane Alberry. Oh boy, there was a chick, there was a chick in our school when I was, when I was a uh, freshman, little kid, you know, I just out of eighth grade and I'm walking around. And I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of like a pimple with feet yet, you know, and I'm a little kid, I'm walking around, gee, well, 3,000 kids in the high school. And I am running up and down the halls and up and down the stairways and, and very official, and I buy myself a notebook, and I write my name all over the front of it, you know, little tags, you know, the little stickers you get down at the bookstore with school colors and all kinds of little jazzy things all over it. You get out of that phase pretty quick, but, oh, yeah. Do you know Do you know that the guys go through that phase at BBDNO? You know, BBDNO has colors and little numbers and letters. They award guys letters. Oh, sure. Oh, there's a, do you know that they, uh, now don't laugh. I'll never forget the time I sat. I couldn't believe my ears. I sat in a meeting. I was brought in under false pretenses. I was a spy. You know, I've been a double agent in many ways. I feel, in fact, I feel like I'm a double agent in life. And uh, I'm, I'm a kind of a spy, see? And I was brought in by this salesman in this organization. Now, don't, say, don't tell anybody that I'm telling you this because they wouldn't want it to get out. One night, especially he wouldn't want it to get out, see, because this is an organization that demands absolute fealty. It demands, listen, I'll tell you, if you think, if you think swearing the oath to some secret organization where you have passwords and countersigns is, is uh, binding, this company demands its people to dress, they even give them a dentist to go to. Yes, they do. I'm not kidding you. And, and the guy, when you get, when you go to get a job there, they don't only audition you, they audition your wife, they audition the kids, they, they, they take a look at your car to make sure you got the right kind of car, uh, they, they oh, the whole scene, see. And now he's working there. This, this is my friend, see. And I'm, I'm walking around and says, oh boy. And he keeps telling me these stories about this fantastic place. He says, you wouldn't believe it. He says, it's like a madhouse. He says, they don't know it's a madhouse. He says, they think it's order. He says, it's absolutely insane, really nutty. And, of course, he's pretending all the time while he's there that he's digging it. You know, you have to do this. And he's got the right kind of dark suit, white shirts, dark shoes all the time, black socks, the whole business, you know. Oh, crew cut, they demand a crew cut, very short haircut and everything. Oh, shave, he says, let me tell you, you have to shave right down to your bones when you work there at this place. And so one night he called me on the phone. He says, hey, listen. He says, look, you got a, you got a dark suit. 
I said, no, not really, but I can get one. He said, listen, get yourself a black suit with a white shirt. And uh, don't wear any smart, you know, what looks on your face. He says, look very solemn. He says, and uh, I can get you in tonight to something you won't believe. I said, yeah, wear what? I figured, you know, I'm going to get into something, you know, where the ladies are up on the stage there and, you know, the whole business with the films and thing. He says, just, just, just meet me at 8 o'clock, huh? On the corner of 12th and Vine. And I'll come along with my black car, see. And uh, don't raise your voice, because uh, it's very important, because people in this organization don't make loud noises or anything. Mm-hmm. Wear a black raincoat if you got it. And so, sure enough, there he pulls up here. The, uh, you know, Mama's Little Undertaker pulls up at the corner of, of uh, 12th and Vine, and I get in the car, and I sit there, and he's got nice, straight music on the radio, and he says, we've got to get into the mood, see. We're very square people now. Remember, this so square that we're hip. He says, this is such a square outfit that it's, uh, he says, it's as hip as, as the uh, Mad Hatter's Tea Party. He says, it's really insane. And so we arrive in front of this hall. And he says, uh, now, you just stand behind me. Don't say anything. And uh, just walk in real quick with me. And he says, and wear this pin. And he gives me this pin. And it's, it's, a, it's just a big round button. And it has a single word on it. And believe me, the word wasn't worry. A single word, see. I said, oh, boy. Yeah, this is really something. And sure enough, there's a whole line of guys all going in with black suits with the button at the exact same spot on the lapel, the big smile. They all had the same smile. It's not really a passionate smile. you got to be careful, you know, because you can smile too much. If you got a big, wide-eyed, you know, wowee grin, look out, you're a dangerous guy. On the other hand, if you have a cynical smile that kind of is a little crooked around the edges... Look out, that's trouble too. It takes some guys maybe four or five years to learn the right smile that doesn't offend, that doesn't make people think you're laughing at what's going on, and yet you look cheerful. Sort of a, it really looks like a bowl of oatmeal in full flight. If you can imagine it, you know, with a little kind of a, you know, the kind of pictures you used to draw when you were kids, stick pictures, little smiles, like that. You walk in, you grin. There's a great expression for that kind of smile. I cannot use it on the air. You got it, friends? Okay. So I'm working. I'm standing there. And we're all walking in. He's getting Stepford crying out loud. Come on, left, right, left, right. So we can walk in. Left, right, left, right. And at the door, here is this big, jovial guy who's a little bit bigger than all the rest. Same smile, though. And he says, good to see you, Chaz. Oh, Chucky, good to see you, Chuck. Good to see you, Harold. Good to see you. And I, he says, he looks at me sort of at a funny moment. But as, see, because the executives in this company pride themselves... On this, they've all taken the Dale Carnegie course. They remember the first name of every employee, see. And I look kind of hurt for a second. Then I grin back and I say, Shep. He's good to see you, Shep, old boy. <laughs> he thought I was one. So we go all again. And we sit down all in long rows. Now, I mean, I'm telling you exactly what I'm watching. We sit down in long rows. And up on the stage, there's a stage, and it's all lit up with green and purple lights. This is like a high school on a time. We're all sitting there very solemn, and the guys are shifting Waving at once in the wave, discreetly waving, isn't waving? Because you never know who's going to be out, you know, and you don't want to be too friendly with a guy who's liable to get fired, you know, you're liable to go down the drain with him. And on the other hand, you don't want to slight a guy who might be above you the next week. And so everybody's sort of discreetly waving. They're waving at the palm trees, and, you know, the guys are waving at the air conditioning unit. They wave at everything. All right, hello, hello there, hello. <laughs> and then the lights go down. And a man comes up on the stage. 
And there's a spotlight, picks him up. He says, all right. Good to see all of you fellas here tonight. I see all of you have got your pin on. Very good. I'm glad to see you. This is going to be a big night for us tonight. And I know that we're all going to enjoy it, and it's going to be a memorable event for all of us. And now, before we do anything else, he takes out a pitch pipe, and he goes, Whoop. And without a word of warning, they all start singing, Oh, I-G-M-I-P-M, we love, love you today. We will think, 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 we will think all the day. T.J. Watson is our savior. Da, da, cha, da, cha, da, cha. IBM will over. Ya, da, da, cha, da, cha, da, cha. Ta, da, da, cha. Well, you know, I, I, I felt inspired. It was a fantastic moment. I really did. I felt inspired. I'm standing up. I, you know, I can just feel. It's, patriotism is a wonderful thing. And I looked around. I could see all these eyes shining and sparkling. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. They're singing the anthem. And then the curtain went up. And on stage are two loudspeakers. And the founder spoke to all of us via tape. What a touching moment. He spoke for 15 minutes in beautiful, ringing tones. And then the curtain came down. Have you ever seen the curtain come down on two loudspeakers and a Pentron tape recorder? just comes right down like that. And the thunderous roar of applause. And once again, we will thank us all the other day. We will not carry in our appointed rounds. We will upward, upward go. All the world has got all peace, life, liberty, and happiness. Chada, chada, and our wives and kitties too. On the way we are. We got up. Back in the car, and we drove home. And it was one of the stirring moments, one of the truly stirring moments of my life. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, see, well, you know, I'm, I'm fooling around with my little lucky horseshoe ring, see, and now I'm back in high school. And I'm walking down the halls this day. I'm, oh, maybe about 15 or 14. And I see all these guys with these rings. You know, rings have always been a very mystical thing about rings. Almost every secret society has a ring. Oh, yeah. Of one kind or another. Oh, yeah. Practically everybody's got Yeah, the Indian horseshoe rings, they've got them all, you know. Very secret. And the ring meant very special things when you're a senior. The guy's got that big thing. And they had two kinds of rings in our school. They were both gold, see. But one had a garnet as a background, you know, that dark red kind of stone. And the other had an onyx, black, polished, glowing. And on the garnet and on the onyx was the shield of this fantastic institution of learning. This institution of learning that had turned out scholars for generations, fist fighters, pool players, turned out snooker men, turned out tin mill workers, Turned out guys that spent their lives working down on the soaking pits in the 40-inch mill has beautiful rings. And so I'm about in my sophomore years, and I'm debating whether I'm going to get the onyx or I'm going to get the, the red one. And I keep shifting back and forth. First I'd see the onyx. Gee, that was pretty good. And now I'm in my junior year. And you know that great scene just about the last two or three weeks before your junior year is over? And that's excitement, boy. I'm going to be a senior now. 
a senior. And the summer goes by, and you're a senior. George, you're a big time guy. You're playing tennis. You don't, you know, you don't fool around in the backyard anymore with marbles and any of that kind of jazz. And you don't, you know, you, know, you play the real stuff. You're tennis and you're dating girls and you're driving around in your Ford and all that stuff. And then the fall comes, brilliant, sparkling, the sun hanging over there. And I walk into high school. I am a senior. Well, we're in we're in school about two or three weeks when that big day comes. They announce that all seniors will now order their high school senior ring. Oh, boy. Hot diggity dog, wowie. Well, we go down, you know, they measure you. They give you little pieces of paper to measure your size of ring. And, and there's this guy down in the office that takes the orders from the Senior Ring Corporation, of, uh, the Senior Ring Corporation of International Falls. You know, that, oh, yeah, the very official people. And so I go down to the, I go down to the, uh, the office, and I've decided I'm going to get the onyx. Chase, simple, beautiful. There's kind of a dignity about that, you know, the onyx. And so I go down, I measure my finger. He looks at me. He says, uh, what, uh, what size? Let's see. What size you want? The, you want? What do you want? Do you want the red one or the black one? I says, onyx. Oh, the black one. Okay. And he, that will be 1178, please, including tax. Well, of course, 1178. This was like four times my life savings. All the way, you know, I'd scrounged and gotten gifts and all the things. I laid out $12. He gives me my change, and he gives me that little receipt. And then weeks go by, weeks go by. One week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, too much. It's now the first of the year. And now we come back after Christmas vacation. It's just beginning to be springtime. When the announcement was made, you know, in the morning when they had the PA around school, and uh, they say things like... Uh, uh, there will be an auditorium session for the first section uh, during the second period. Please file in quietly immediately after the bell. After the auditorium session, file out quietly, and the second section will then file in. Today, the biology club will meet in room 305 immediately following the eighth period. Miss Fife will be there. Uh, the Dramatic Club is announcing that it's having tryouts for the spring play, and the senior rings are now available in the office. Wow. Holy smokes. The senior rings are here now. And this is real jewelry, you know. This is the real thing. This is this is like lifetimes, Bill. Holding senior ring, and it's got scrolls, and it's got burning candles on it. It's got the shield, you know, that says in hoc agriculaconc, in es spittlelauk, ignoramus, ignoramus, ignorami. It says, I don't know, big, big, <laughs> all the Latin jazz. Well, about 45 seconds after the bell rang for lunchtime, every senior within 14 miles is lined up outside of that, outside of that office. And you can see them coming out. You know, and I'm way at the end of the line. You can see these guys coming out. They got a little box. Oh, wow, you know, guys are looking at them. And guys are putting them, spitting on them and rubbing them on their shirt. And I wait and wait and wait and wait. Gee, it was well. And there it is. Now it's my turn. And I say to Miss Matson, uh, Shepherd JP, please, uh, here's my receipt. And she searches through the box. Oh, yes, here it is. And she hands it to me. And there it is. There it is. On that little square white box. No markings. All it says is Shepherd JP. I open it up. And there's that little puff of cotton. 
And there is my golden senior ring and gleaming, magnificent, beautiful onyx. <laughs> I might point out, too, these senior rings were extremely significant to these. Because all the time, senior rings were constantly being exchanged between guys. You know, they'd give it to the chick, that whole scene thing. And they'd hang it around their neck on a chain, that kind of thing, you know. Oh, my senior ring. I go out into the hall. I'm playing it very cool, you know. Thank you. I go out. I take that thing and I, I look at it for a minute and then I stick it on my finger. Oh, boy, my senior ring. I brush it off. Gold, beautiful, heavy. And uh, Now I'm really here. This is it. What else can life hold? What else does life hold but this? And I hold it up to the light, and you could see that sun bouncing off that onyx, that beautiful, polished black stone. I polish it on the shirt again. I polish it on my sweater. And all day long, you know that wild feeling if you've got something new, and it kind of kind of slides up and down and off? All day long, I've got this thing, and it's hanging on my finger. It's a little bit big. I'm you know, gee, it feels great. You're like, wow. And it keeps spinning around, and... My finger hurts a little bit from it. It's not used to wearing this thing, but oh wow! And I keep turning it around. You know how you pick at a tooth when there's some when there's a little thing stuck in your tooth. And you keep picking at it until finally your tongue is sore, your tooth is sore, everything is sore, but the piece of red cabbage that's stuck in there, you know. And my finger's sore, but boy, oh boy! And so that day after school, me and Schwartz and Flick and Bruner, we've all got our rings. And, we're all out there hitchhiking, flashing them in the wind. First time, you know, I ever hitchhike left-handed. You know, I'm going like this thing. So it can flash in the sun. We're out there with our rings. At the flashing them, we go down to the Red Rooster before we go down to hitchhiking. And we're sitting there. Our hands are all laying out on the counter. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Yeah, trying to be casual about it. Oh, gee, it was wild. And then I, I'm on my way home, see. I run up the front steps into the into the living room, not realizing I'm about to have one of the true, and I say true traumatic experiences in my life. I don't think, I, I really don't think most of the traumatic experiences are sexual, with all due respect to Mr. Freud. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> These are the things that scar you for life. So I come in with my ring, and I hear I hear my mother banging around in the kitchen. My kid brother is yelling and hollering in the kitchen. I say, hey, Ma, hey, Ma, look at this. Whoa. Now I'm a kid again. See, I can I can stop all this jazz of being a senior. I'll run to the house. Hey, Ma, look at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at my senior ring. Holy smokes. And she looks at, oh, isn't that beautiful? Look at that. It's just lovely. Randy, come over. My kid brother, hey, what, what, what? You know, he's whining. I said, oh, shut up. You'll be a senior some 5,000 years from now. This is this is only for senior. And then my mother said, "I'll get you one." You know that whole jet. I said, "Oh boy, look at my senior ring! Holy smokes!" Well, well, well. And she says, "Now go next door and show it. Please go next door and show it to Mrs. B.G. Mrs. B. <laughs> Mrs. B.G. was the nice lady next door. You know that sent over sponge cake and she'd send over cookies when she'd make them. They're always black on the bottom. You know." I hate the, with raisins in them. If there's anything I hate, it's black cookies on the bottom with raisins on top, you know. And she'd do this. Mrs. Beegee was always over there. And she had this little kid named Melvin who lived with him. Melvin and Mrs. Beegee. And they had a dog named Zero. And so, oh, come on. She's, now you go ahead now. Mrs. Sam, Mrs. Beegee's very nice to you. Now you go ahead next door and see Mrs. Beegee. All right, for crying. Okay, all right. So I go next door and I knock on the door, you know, with my ring. Knack, 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 knack. Who's there? I said, it's me. It's me, Gene. Yeah. Oh, come in, Gene. Yes. Yeah, so, no, I have no cookies. What have you got? I said, this is my senior ring. Isn't that beautiful? Melvin! 
Melvin comes running out of the john, you know. Melvin, would you look at Gene Sr. ring? Yeah, the whole jazz all over again. So ten minutes later, I am out playing ball and yelling and hollering with my senior. I always like the idea of you know reaching up for a high fly ball with the ring flashing in the sun. That jazz, you know, seeing myself. Oh boy, oh boy! And now it is five forty-five. Good brisk game of catch, little ball. You know, we hit out some fly balls. Now I'm in the house. I go into the bathroom. I could smell the red cabbage and I could smell the meatloaf. I could smell the ketchup and the mashed potatoes. And the old man is out there in the kitchen sitting there reading the paper and my kid brother is laying under the sink he's whimpering you know the whole everything is normal see and so i go into the john boy you know and i'm all sweaty and hot i've been playing ball i got little stickers under my fingernails and all that stuff oh boy oh wow i polish it again well, then there's a couple of beautiful little little scratches out of it. Already it was beginning to look like a real ring. See, not, not like a gimmick, real rings. And I hold it up to the mirror and I smile next to it. <laughs> then I practice, you know, saying, um, would you like my ring, Esther Jane? Hey. Well, it's all right. That's my, take them. Would you like my ring, Esther Jane? <laughs> and I turn the water on. And the hot water is coming, pouring down in there. I get the soap, you know. And I stick my hands into the water. I'm going to wash my hands. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Come on, that's good. I don't want to get soap all stuck around this ring. So I take my hands out of the water very carefully. And I take, and I take the ring off. I... My hands are wet, friends. My hands got soap all of them, friends. And I go... The ring goes up in the air. I make a grab for it. It goes... It bounces three times on the tile. You know the tile on the bathroom floor? And right into the hot air register. And I can hear it going all the way down the pipes. It's going... On the hot air register. It's down in the furnace. It's in the furnace. Hey, Dad, Dad! Holy smokes, help me quick! Ten minutes later, we're down in the furnace, and my old man is shaking the ashes, and he's got the fire pouring out, the clinkers are pouring. We never found my high school ring. Never found my high school ring. Now, do you wonder why I'm a bitter, rotten curmudgeon? Do you wonder now why I'm a twisted, evil man? Do you wonder now I look out of the darkness at you with bloodshot eyes? Huh? Uh, somewhere kids are playing. Somewhere guys are wearing their high school rings. Somewhere bands are playing. But there was no joy in Hessville that night. Not a bit of it. We'll be at the limelight tomorrow night at 10.30. And tomorrow night I'm going to do the Daniel Mall, the magnificent story of the Coca-Cola and aspirin orgy. Yes, you can't miss it, old Wrangler fans. You can't miss it, old gang out there. Don't forget, tomorrow night at 10.30, it's time once again for Comics and Tony and the whole gang. Gene Shepard, originally broadcast on May the 4th, 1966. 
which brings us, well, well ahead of time to the conclusion, more or less, give or take, of this week's Mass Backwards program. I've been Max Schmied, and uh, I'll be back on the airwaves Sunday night, 7.30, with the Golden Age of Radio, featuring romance, tales of romance, adventure, thrills, and intrigue, and more. Next week, we'll be back here with more Gene Shepard, more music, maybe a return to radio drama. Tune in and see. I have several series, actually. Uh, waiting to be scheduled. One, uh, science fiction. Actually, I think they're both science fiction, but, uh, <laughs> I've got to, uh, in both cases, give advance word to the producers so they can promote the fact that they're going to be on. Uh, so if I find time to preview and schedule anything, you know, maybe we'll start a new series. One of these weeks, real soon. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.